Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the B-Side. We are a podcast for lefties who love pop. I don't mean lefties as in left-handed people. If you're a left-handed person, that's awesome. Welcome. What I mean in this particular situation is, you know, folks who are maybe left-leaning politically, um, thinking about the world through some sort of critical lens. But also, we want to we talk about Miley Cyrus. And those two things can be true at the same time, you know? I'm Hannah Zoe. I'm Mimi. I'm Becky. And we're so happy to have you all here. We have a great episode um, here for you today, all about the golden age of Disney stars with an awesome guest who we love, Miranda Fennenberger. So stay tuned for her interview. We'll play it in just a few moments and make sure that you have subscribed to this podcast. If you haven't already, we come out every other Wednesday. And if if this is your first time giving us a listen, we just want to say thank you. Um, we love you. We love you like a love song, baby, already. Mm-hmm. We do. Um, and we can't wait to be a part of your podcast life. Um, okay, so Mimi and Becky, usually at this part, um, we do some schmoozing, and then um, we go into a segment that we call the A-sides, which is like the, the top headlines of the week, breaking down what's going on. Um, we're going to kind of zoom through that because the interview with Miranda is so juicy. We want to make sure you all get a chance to listen to it. Um, but Becky, you should... You should tell us about, you were just in Nashville, music capital of the world. What's up with that? I was just in Nashville for a bachelorette party and I'm moving there. It was <laughs> the most fun I've ever had. And I went with, it was my friend from high school, was getting married. Not to, I had a great time. The girls that I was with weren't as rowdy as I would have enjoyed. I could have painted the town red in that place. We Burn. went to- burning red it was golden if you must no we went to this place called the stage which yeah yeah is a very like well-known place and for twenty dollars you can pay this cover band and they'll pay play any song you want like they played mostly country pop but they would do like anything they played some journey covers um we my friend dana really loves country music which is why we went to nashville and she really loves um zach brown band so they played the chicken fried yeah oh my god it was it was I had the time of my life. I could have stayed there. I bury me there. <laughs> it was the most fun I've ever had. There's a Taylor Swift Education Center, which I did not go inside to, but I, it's I think it's in the um like the country music hall of fame. Yeah. I was only there for thirty six hours, should preface that as well. So there is so much more exploring. I now am on the tourist board for Nashville. Everyone should go. <laughs> Everyone should be there. I also didn't get the time. I really wanted to go to, they had a traveling bus um, for strip male strippers. I didn't get to do that, but I, I am going back for my bachelorette party. I'm sold. It was <laughs> in the comments. Talk about your time in Nashville, plan your trip, get yourself there. If you love country music. 
It was also excellent on social media. And the only thing that would have made your journey more complete for me remotely is if you had run into Connie Britton. Oh, yeah. I actually never, we talked about this. Did we talk about this in the last podcast that I was going to Nashville? Oh, yeah. We need to talk about Connie uh, (laughs) again. Yeah, we do all love Connie. Something about Connie. Yeah. I'm happy for you. It was, it was a blast. I've been to the Taylor Swift Education Center I wouldn't say I was like super educated there, but I enjoyed my time immensely. And they have the love story dress, like from the music video. Oh, okay. Should have gone in. That's fun. Right. I'm going back. I have to go back. Um, related to our love story queen, I feel like the big news of the day, and now you know the day that we recorded, so plot twist, um, is that Taylor Swift came out with a Rolling Stone interview. And she's been doing a lot more media in the lover era anyway, but there's just a lot to it. We won't get into it too much now, um, but there's a lot there, a lot that she hasn't really talked about before. She finally took a stand on white supremacy and spoiler alert, she's against it. Good. Okay. (laughs) Honestly, we were were worried. We were worried. So uh, we'll take it. We'll take it. A lot more thoughts um, on our Instagram. Um, But beyond Taylor Swift's ever-evolving media coverage, why don't we get into our amazing interview with Miranda about the golden age of Disney Channel stars. All right, so now we're in the B-sides, or actually what we should call the G-sides, because we have a guest today. We are so lucky. Um, We are so lucky to have Miranda Fenneberger. She's the queen of the internet. She's here with us here in, um, you know, our virtual B-Sides studio. Um, Miranda, if you don't know about her, she is originally from Atlanta, but she's now based in LA. Um, She's really established herself over the past, like, decade as a writer and a content producer that I love and that the B-Sides community loves, too. She has become a respected voice in the fields of astrology, beauty, youth issues, and internet culture. And I'll also say that Miranda has a really special ability to bring fun and informative astrology to us common internet lurkers and the pop culture obsessed. Um, So if you're psyched about um, Miranda, you can find her uh, on Instagram at Miranda Fenn, F-E-N, and at Lil Brand Stark on Twitter. What an intro. Thank you. We're so excited to have you. Um, and I think we should start before we get into our topic on Disney stars, um, just by hearing like from you, what do you, it's just, if you could share like what you love about pop music, um, what it means to you, what's, what's your pop music journey? And then we'll get into our topic for today. Okay. Well, starting off with the big questions. Sure. I, Love pop music, always have, unashamed about that, as everybody I think who listens to this podcast is. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely was intro to pop music through, like, the Disney Channel folks, like Hilary Duff, Jesse McCartney, like, that good old crowd who are now all making their comebacks. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think pop music, there's something about it. It's relatable. It's catchy. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know why it gets such a bad rap because clearly we all like it since it's popular. So (laughs) I love pop music. It's great. Um, I think it has a really special ability to just unite people, bring people together. And there's nothing like, you know, singing at the top of your lungs with all your friends to a song that you all know. So 
yeah i just love it it's fun we need fun you know people need mm-hmm. fun. we're here for it <laughs> um i love that i definitely resonate with that and um because part of what brought you to pop music was the disney channel we should we should dive in Okay. So let's, uh, let's set the scene, folks. Um, the year is 2009. Six stars came together in a circle for, uh, to officially end climate change, which worked, as we all know. They succeeded. I'm so glad they did that. I feel like my children have a future now because of this song. <laughs> right, exactly. The kids of the future, some might say. Um, the they came to- <laughs> There it is. Um, send it on. Do you remember Send It On? Oh, absolutely. Am I the only one? It's important. It's critical. The music video aired between episodes of whatever I was watching on Disney Channel every five yes. minutes. Yes. It was fabulous. And so I like good. watched it on the internet too. Like I oh, went yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, like grainy 280p quality. <laughs> <laughs> Mimi's new to this, I think. I think I'm the only one who ha- who hadn't seen this until <laughs> perhaps last week. Um, yeah. I And I, I credit that to... I'm a year older than Becky and Hannah, and I don't know that that really matters, but what does matter is that I sort of, I think around 2008, like, not very consciously, but sort of moved away from Disney Channel. Like, Camp Rock was, like, coming in on my way out, and I was like, all right, like, good luck Peace with Yeah. So, right. So I'm knocking my own credibility here by saying, like, I, I kind of checked out in 2008 with some sporadic... Um, check-ins occasionally mm-hmm. when when forced um but yeah so that's why i think i this was just a blind spot for me but i'm glad this all this song um and this video touched you all so much and i feel like this is the only context mimi where not having seen a disney channel circle of stars video knocks your credibility <laughs> <laughs> a specific group yeah yeah that could be I embrace it. I need to be humbled. So that's good. You do. I mean, so it, this song, which ended climate change, as we, as we talked about, you know, it's send it on, on and on. One, one hand can heal another, you know, be a part of whatever they are doing, um, was six people, three Jonas brothers, Miley, Demi, and Selena. And it's wild to me that over a decade later, those six people are still like actually relevant and worth talking about um, and like interesting to talk about and have new things to offer and new things that we can reflect on about pop culture because it's been a minute and it's um, we know that Disney's a machine and it's really good at churning out stars, but it's wild that actually the six stars that they put a lot of effort in into cultivating in a few years, like paid off for a long time. Yeah. It's wild. I've been invested in them and their relationships for a very long time. I think also it's like there, this was like an era of Disney that had like a lot of people who had extreme talent Mm -hmm. compared to some other times in Disney history, like especially more recently, but these are like, not only were they, you know, actors 
I'm putting that in air quotes. Um, <laughs> but these are, I feel like this group all had like actual musical talent, yeah. which is not just like they were actors, but also they could sing. Yeah. They were like singers and musicians. So I feel like, I don't know, maybe that contributed to it. Hey, what are you saying about Christy Carlson Romano? Are you knocking her? <laughs> what are you saying about Hillary Duff? Are you knocking her singing ability? <laughs> no. What Hillary- are you saying I mean, about I love art. Hillary Duff. <laughs> I read recently, I don't know if you guys are fans of the podcast Who Weekly at all, oh, but love it. I read recently they have a really funny Facebook group that Christy Carlson Romano was reaching out to like random brands to do sponsored content. So how oh, the mighty Isn't she have doing a cooking YouTube channel? It's cooking? I thought she was doing some like cooking YouTube channel. Yeah, that's like what I saw. That well, sounds right. Matter with Ren, am I right? I know. Uh, there it is. We went to the moon in 1969. <laughs> uh, oh, no. That was so good. That's the only reason I remember that fact, by the way. <laughs> I know, me too. Her impact. I also did have Jim sixth period, which was like also in that song, like sixth period. And it was like about Jim. And I remember having that and being like, oh my God, I'm even so relatable content. (laughs) You're like the pathos is palpable here. Yeah. I mean, should we go into where all of these folks are now? Yes. How do you feel about them and their arcs? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's start with the Jonas Brothers. Um, So the way we're going to do this for the Jonas Brothers, then Demi, then Miley, then Selena, is we're going to talk about our favorite of their old era and then the arc of what got them between their old era and now and our favorites of their new era. So my favorite old song from the Jonas Brothers, I think, has to be um, the live recording of That's Just the Way We, we Roll, where, which is the song that they opened the 3D concert experience with that I did see live and then I saw on the night of the movie opening. Um, and it's just a great song and really good energy that it brought to to the concert. That's my favorite song. Incredible Miranda, movie, by song? the way. Yeah? That movie really, I loved it. I saw it in theaters multiple times. Of course. So, um, yeah, great movie. Yeah. Um, so my... Mine, I have two. So my actually popular song that people actually know of is a little bit longer. Got the news today. Doctor said I had to stay a little bit longer and I'll be fine. When I thought it all been done. Um, which was my first encounter with mortality as a subject um i really as the tweets say thought nick jonas was about to keel over and die from diabetes so you know they branded that song like it was like a death ballad and it worked (laughs) it was a scary time it was but it's a it's a great song i think it really shows especially nick's talents um that piano you know it just really gets me still yeah but my actual fave, which is definitely a B-side, is Take a Breath, the Japan-only exclusive track, which is now available on Spotify. So check it out. It's an incredible I had never heard of this until Miranda dropped this in our Google Doc today, or when I looked at it today. <laughs> I, stumped, I stumped the B-side experts with this one, but I, hopefully I'm making your lives better. Oh, I'm absolutely. sure you are. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to check it out. It's great. Um, my favorite, I also agree with you that a little bit longer, like really pulls at the heartstrings. 
And I was reminded of that beautiful song when I watched the Jonas Brothers documentary that came out a few uh, weeks, like weeks, I wish, months ago at this point, and we can get to that. But I was like, damn, I forgot that Nick Jonas had diabetes and was such a moody teen until he realized his diagnosis with diabetes. Um, also that song, also SOS. Oh, classic. A classic. And Please Be Mine. A classic. Also a classic. Do you remember the, the time when that album was like not like able to be found yes I re- because i remember like when they first started getting popular with their self-titled album people were like you know they have another album and i was like what is it i had to like go find it and the yeah. depths of youtube and download it and put it in my itunes it was a whole ordeal i was gonna say i didn't like, even know if it was like an album or it's just a set of like eps I yeah know. i don't know it was not on itunes that's all was I this know. the one where with mandy and we were like who's mandy yes. like yeah, i want to yeah, Mm-hmm. that's the yeah. one yeah that's a good one excellent excellent really debut good. really good era Mimi what's your fave mine was burning up Ugh. and now that I think about it I think this was perhaps kind of my swan song for <laughs> my time my time on the Disney channel um which spanned pretty much that whole decade through 2008 when this song came out uh-huh. I don't know I just thought it was uh just thought it was a good one. Just thought it was very catchy. And uh, it's a great song. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. It's a very popular one. So it's like a pretty basic answer. But, you know, that's me with this knowledge. So I feel like that song and music video in particular was like very critical in the Jonas Brothers timeline like yes. the selena feature in the music video and the mm-hmm. big rob solo yeah it was just like, a big rob that's right big rob's for real where's big rob at he was in the documentary but briefly time. yeah he deserved more screen time. <laughs> he deserved for he the did. amount of time that we invested in him in the burning up music video and the rap we deserved at least a 20 minute intro to i could have done with a whole where's rob today documentary a whole thing. If, a whole if thing. he's not on tour with them, I'll probably be upset. I don't yeah, think no, there's no point. Is. I think there would have been a gram about it. I feel like that video like showed how much Disney and Hollywood Records was putting into them because that's like a high budget video. Like, hold on is a great video. Year three thousand is great video. Lots of good green screen action going on. But like, burning up is like a really high budget video. Like that was when they were like, you know what? These are our, like these are our pop stars, not just our commercial break stars i feel like that was a transition into like being on the radio for them too a little bit more because i feel like that song was like heard by people who weren't disney people yeah i don't know maybe because of selena yeah i'd also think it break their mold not that they were always not that they were ever really a christian rock band but like that also pushed them really far as to not being seen as that Mm, yeah Yeah, i mean that was like a slutty teen party video yeah so that was a moment for them they were thoughts yeah they were trying i do miss with the with their new album like i do miss the like rock and roll pop rock vibe that they had like i I didn't really think about how much i kind of missed that um until like recently i started to just like listen to old jonas brothers songs and i was like oh this is this is like what 15 year olds think rock is it's not, but it's nice. Like it's, and I miss it. It's not really present in their like Max Martin pop album. That is a great album, but it's just it's different, and I miss I miss those bops. 
Yeah, and that goes into the the way that they were branded then, which I think the documentary talks about a little bit, Chasing Happiness, with um, that they weren't a rock band at all. They didn't know how to play instruments, right. really, but they were branded that way as sort of a, because you can kind of get away with that because it's like, this is what uh, pop rock is to teens, even if it's not the real deal, but it's like kind of sweet. And then they just kind of went in a different direction. I feel like they all, like all the, all the Send It On stars kind of started with that more rocky music too. Like maybe that's just Disney's like first instinct is like, let's make some light pop punk like (laughs) music. (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, I feel like they all kind of started a little more rocky and have like changed significantly from that point. We rock, we rock. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah. That was such a moment for that. Yeah. It was. I think it was like the the dominant culture at that time was like, we're like just reeling from the whirlwind that was good Charlotte, trying to like internalize what that means as 14 year olds and then, you know, older than that. Um, and and I feel like that might actually have been part of like the recipe for success, but then eventual disaster with these folks is like it, they, uh, they attract, like they didn't want the like Backstreet Boys. They wanted like kind of cool kids, like before One Direction, a boy band that doesn't dance, like... They thought that was really cool. They wanted Demi, yeah. who was super edgy. Selena Gomez had a band, The Scene. Remember that? Oh, I remember. Yeah. We'll get to Selena. Dark times. Dark times. Right? It, it attracted people who were a little bit, who like wanted to be rebellious, which was like cool for five minutes as long as it stayed in the boundaries of what they wanted. And then the minute it didn't, it was like a mess. Yeah, I was totally agree. And I, I also think like the way they look too, they're like very like, they're very good looking, but like safe, good looking, you know, like I guess Joe got to be like kind of edgy. If you think like he wore uh-huh. tight pants, you know, mm-hmm. like he was into that look, but they're like very safe looking dudes. My love for Nick knows no bounds. I, yeah, I was just about to say, you know, is this a Joe girl that we're talking to here? A Nick girl? What, a where, that girl. Where, where, do, where do we all stand? I'm, an, I'm, I'm a, a Joe Nick girl. For life. A Joe. I'm, a I'm not girl. surprised by that. Even though I don't know you that well, I don't know why, but I see you as a Joe girl. Are you a Nick girl? I am. Yeah. Nice. Nick was the background on my phone in seventh grade. <sighs> wow. That's iconic. Yeah. I actually had like a full on Jonas Brothers themed scrapbook <laughs> yep. that I made with my friend and we claimed yep. our territory. Um, my... That explains a lot about who I am today, but you know, we don't talk about that anymore. My sister had an entire wall of her bedroom covered in Jonas Brothers pictures. And it was always, I mean, I shouldn't speak for her, Molly, if you're listening, sorry about this. But um, it was like always a little bit ironic. Like when we showed people, it was like, look how funny this is. But like, it was also something that she like carefully added to over many years and only very, very recently, like this past year, got rid of it. And it was really sad. Molly was like, this is, these are my soulmates. Yeah, if you actually, I'll I'll post it on the B-Sides Instagram again. If you scroll back and see when um, the Jonas Brothers first announced their comeback, I posted a picture of the wall on at Listen to the B-Sides. Just a little, little tip there. It's, Molly did love wow. the Jonas Brothers, as I remember, and know exactly and, the wall yes. that you're referring to. Oh, Becky knows it well. And that's part of why I'm a Joe girl is because she claimed Nick first. And I was like, okay. You, you know, have to be him. respectful. Yeah, yeah. But I, Kevin. Also, like, I love how goofy he was and... No one's ever like, I'm a Kevin girl. Mimi, do you want to be the Kevin girl? <laughs> I, I don't mind being the Kevin girl by default because I'm really none of them because they all look 
like too related to me, if that makes sense. Like I always was like, oh, these like, they all look like my brother, sort of. Oh so no, I was, like, got some hot them. brothers. I mean, th- look, they were, they were just also <laughs> a little too like cheesy for me, but I know that I'm again, an outlier within this group and also beyond this group. So I will be the default Kevin girl because I, I think that he's, I think he's got the most integrity and I respect that about him. He's kind of hot now also. Yeah. Sure. Note. Got the dad thing going for him. Great yes. dad vibes. He stopped wearing vest. It really helped. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The vest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so many family dynamic with the Jonas brothers. I live for it. I mean, is Nick a jerk? I think so. Absolutely. He is, right? But, like, do we have to – are we unstanding? Like, what do we do? I am not going to say this definitively because who knows. But I feel like he's a jerk, but he's not a problematic jerk. Okay. Um, but I also have no – I've I'm, I'm not researched this enough. But I I'm think he's like – yeah. I mean, I, it's, you know, who knows. But I feel like he just has a huge ego. Yeah. And I think he's kind of like a D-bag, but also, arguably, he is the most talented. So, yeah. Right. But also, he's the youngest. So, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. I I was, I I think about it too that they're just so competitive with each other. And even Mm -hmm. in that documentary, you see that, like, even from growing up, it was like one of them was doing commercials, Kevin was doing commercials. And then Nick was like, I got to be on Broadway. And Joe was like, I too must be on Broadway. And like, there was Steve. (laughs) Joe said, I'll do comedy. Yeah, like steep competition throughout their entire time. So I imagine that Nick's probably horribly insecure. Maybe Joe is too, but then that results in Nick being a real dick. Yeah. Also, I just want to apologize because I just did some Frankie erasure by saying Nick was the youngest. So (laughs) sorry to the fans. I just want to apologize because I know Frankie, you know, Frankie deserves his own podcast. I know. Love you, Frankie. Bonus Jonas forever. Bonus Jonas. Jonas. Oh, poor Frankie. He wasn't even in the doc, was he? Right now people were upset because he wasn't even in the doc. He was in the credits for like five seconds. (laughs) Him and Big Rob. He probably wanted that. You know, he's probably over it. What's he up to? Frankie? Yeah. He's like a college kid who's like cool and artsy. Yeah, he's like being a teen on Instagram. I gotta look him up. Yeah, Yeah. probably not a teen anymore. I mean, I feel like I thought that Nick like was a D-bag and then like did some therapy and moved on. And I feel like recent like things have just like started to resurface that turns out like that their whole brotherhood coming together as a friendship is like possibly not real. And that makes me sad because I believed that they were healed and I'm now I don't know what to believe. Now it's like, was this a marketing ploy? You know, this sounds like a situation that we just have to monitor pretty closely. I think it's important that we do that and see what comes up because it's hard to tell. But but it does sound like they are, Nick especially, does seem like pretty insecure. I think we can see that. I will go see them on tour this October and I will let you guys know what I noticed. I'm so jealous for the research of watching right. the dynamic to detect whether it's real or not and oh for the tears and the sing-alongs oh my god which no, also like research. i really like the new album so i'd be more than happy great it's great it can we great. all share can we share what our favorite songs from this new album are and it's funny because actually a lot of us say the exact same thing 
it's my all favorite about strangers. strangers yeah we all said strangers it's all about strangers has a, has a deep cut just with strangers i said it before it sounds like a one direction song and that's why i like it so much it does have that energy yeah i never that made that me. connection it has that like the that like one direction does fleetwood mac energy that oh they were doing yeah. you know for a while there yeah yeah I, I too like strangers, but I, I too need to be different. Um, and I did, I believe did grab me more when I was first listening to it and I like it or not. They're not, they're not super different songs. Like they both kind they both kind of have this like simmering pop Mm -hmm. sort of thing going on. Um, and they sort of, I think they all sing in similar ways in those songs, which is like, somewhat of a departure from the way that they used to sing together and the way that they sometimes still sing together in other songs, which to me was like cornier and like a little, I don't know. Very like melody heavy. Yeah. Like mm. Those as opposed to, I feel like some of their, especially Nick's like more recent pop stuff is a little bit more like sexy talk, talky, like, oh, we're going to go have sex in a bathroom. Like, you know, this is more like, this is a song and we're singing the lyrics. Yes. Meaningful. Yeah. You know what, what I mean? What a concept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, okay. Well, it really has been a roller coaster with these boys. And uh, we definitely are going to closely monitor the situation as Mimi suggested that we do. Um, I mean, they will have my heart for forever, no matter what I hear about any of their rudenesses. Um, but I will be sad if we have to cancel any of them for any reason. It'll be pretty heartbreaking. I hope we don't have to. Let's, yeah. let's, yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. Okay. <laughs> and with all that hope, let's move on to another favorite star of ours. Um, I think for me, this is the person that I care the most about in this group, possibly like in the whole entire world. Um, Demi Lovato. Fucking Demi Lovato. We have um, to stand. We have to. Okay. We're doing favorite old songs first. My favorite old song of hers is La La Land. It's just so good. It's kind of sad now looking back because it's about how she won't get sucked into the machine of La La Land, but she did. Um, But it's still an amazing song and a great music video. Miranda, what's your favorite song? My, I had a hard time with this because I too yeah. love Demi, really love her. Um, but I chose Don't Forget, which mm. to me is just, I love Demi for her love songs, particularly mm-hmm. her heartbreak songs because she has a lot of those. And I think Don't Forget is like the first one that got me. Don't Forget, it was between that and Catch Me, but both are so good. I just love how delicate her voice used to be. I think like she really leaned into the falsetto more in her early years. Mm-hmm. Whereas now she's a little more R&B, a little more belty, which is also incredible. But I do love the singer-songwriter-y vibe of her early days. So good. 
on that video, the angst and don't forget video. Ugh. Yeah, the angst and that like really intense rock like breakdown halfway through. Yeah, incredible. So Unmatched. Good. Becky, what's your fave? Fix a heart, Ugh. which is a lot. Sad ballad and sad but like a demi ballad at its finest and i can listen to that song and then cry it's a it's a beautiful masterpiece and really showcases her voice she just ran out of band-aids i know (laughs) how will she fix her heart it's great just ran out she's she's gotta go to the store fresh out maybe what's your fave well, as a panel of experts on Demi Lovato that I'm looking at right now, will you tell me the song Too Late, Heart Attack, 2011? Is that fair? I think it's good. Yeah. Okay. It's a heart attack 2011. Era. All right. All right. I yeah. feel like Unbroken and Before is old yeah. era. Mm-hmm. I don't well, know. Heart Attack might be on Demi. Is it? Hold on. I, I, think, I think that's I okay. I shuffle her whole discography, you know? Yeah, let me I'm looking it up hold on I think it actually Mimi that kind of speaks to Demi's had like possibly the most consistent heart attack you're correct it's from Demi 2013 yeah cool I'm sorry that's one of those things where like I tried not to be like oh I know I actually know so I tried to pretend like me but I I want to know the facts you know (laughs) that's what we're we're here for the facts why did I don't know why I did that. Yeah, I mean, you can... You have to stand up for what you believe in. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And you believe in the facts you've committed to memory about Demi Lovato that you will know forever. So that's that's something. So maybe maybe my pick is a little late because it's 2013. It's harder to pick eras with her because she has just been consistently putting out music. So there's no like one old Demi and one new Demi the way there's like old Jonas Brothers, they took a break and now they're back. You know, Demi, it's like, she goes through, she she has a regular artist career, which is like, she puts out an album, she goes on tour, she takes a few years off. Like, and sometimes it's more than others, but I think that's why probably both Becky and Mimi had these in-between eras because like, she's been so consistent and we love that. Yeah, about her. You, that's I true. thought that Fix a Heart was from 2011, no? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, we didn't all pick from like her first album. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like she also like either she was promoting a new album or she had singles out like all the time. So it was hard to yeah differentiate her eras as much as it is with other artists. Like she's always putting out something new constantly. So you're like, is this the old thing? Is this the new thing? I don't know. When did this? When what's happening? I know, and it's really hard to talk about Demi without like getting into the like irresponsible territory of speculating about her mental health, which we don't want to do, even though we do want her to be happy and healthy and all of the good things. Um, because, like I, you know, she is already working on new music. It's been a year since the overdose that we still don't know a lot about, as I don't think we should. And we've talked about this on the podcast in the past um, about like what our responsibility is and like she doesn't owe us any explanation but at the same time like we do get worried when she's working with Scooter Braun who some people say like pushes his artists at really vulnerable times in their career to just put out music and music and music and like it works for them if you're Ariana Grande and and Justin Bieber but like is is this good for Demi? Like no one can know but Demi herself and it's not. I don't even know if it's good for Ariana one could say. Right. But like, I don't know. Yeah. But she's, I mean, I think that 
she is, if not the most, she, I think she could be the most talented vocally of this group. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I do think that Miley and especially in her later years has become very vocally talented. I agree but, with that. But I, I think Demi has a special voice where she's just like, she's like a, a, like a belting, like your classic, like incredible singer. And Miley is more stylistic in her voice I think so her talent is more with like her tone and like those types of things whereas Demi's talent is like her range and like her ability to just like literally be able to sing anything and it sounds amazing that's a great point we love them both you know we don't have to Mm -hmm. put these powerful women against each other no we don't I mean in fact as Taylor Swift just said about Demi yeah women should be supporting other women yeah, that made us feel confused. I mean, we were happy for them, but um, so Taylor Swift posted, like reposted us an Instagram story that Demi posted being like, you know, no matter our differences, like I'm proud of you for putting out good music because Demi has aligned herself with Scooter Braun in this Scooter Braun versus Taylor um, debacle. And Becky sent that to us, if I'm remembering correctly, to me and Mimi on our B-Sides group text. And we were like, we don't know what to make of this. Like, it's, we're happy for them. Like, and we're happy for Demi to be supporting Taylor and, and vice versa. But also, like, we have no idea how deep these rifts go in Hollywood. Like, we really don't, in La La Land, as Demi would say. And, like, we don't know what they're masking and what the bullshit is. Like, we don't. Yeah, and they all go back so far. Like, I would say that Taylor and, I mean, this could be wrong, but I feel like Taylor and Demi and Selena and Miley, that whole foursome of people who rose to fame at the same time go back even further than Scooter Braun's involvement at all anyway. So I I feel like there's so much drama there that we'll never know exactly what was going on with between, you know, Selena and Miley. Obviously you have Nick Jonas in the middle of that, then Demi, Selena, that's a mess. Miley and Mandy, throwback, anyone? (laughs) Miley! Miley and Mandy, yeah, yeah like there when was they Miley made and Demi drama. Yeah. yeah, there's crazy drama that goes yeah. back with all these girls so far. Like, I do we remember the-, the Ask Taylor video? Or like moment with the paparazzi where Demi oh. was being followed by the paparazzi. Oh my god, and, yes, right. And someone was like, "Demi, how Selena?" And she turns around and she goes, "Ask Taylor," because it was like right when Demi and Selena like stopped being friends and Selena was being friends with Taylor. So this, this stuff goes back. Yeah, it's deep. Yeah. And I think it spans a lot of very sensitive issues for all of them, especially <laughs> Demi with not only mental health, but with her addiction issues. And like <laughs> Selena, who I don't, I think there's been speculation there with addiction as well. So I feel like there's a lot of, yeah, sensitivity around them. And so I feel like we'll never know the real story. But yeah, I feel like, you know, they could all just hold their comments, you know? Like, do, yeah. did she, do they need, you know, to, yeah. to rile everyone up still? I don't know. Yeah. It's been a I while. bet they forgive, but they don't forget. <laughs> yeah, I feel like over time we've definitely, Demi has definitely become more public about everything she's going through, through her music, especially like, I mean, we have social media now, whereas these guys weren't on social media when they first got really famous. So it's kind of interesting because they're coming into, they've already revealed so much about their personal lives and their music and then all the drama surrounding them. So now that we're seeing them so much more closely, 
on social media, I feel like, and they're speaking out about things that they weren't necessarily talking about before, but maybe were hinting at in their music. I don't know. I feel like Demi, especially out of this group, has like really exposed some of her more internal and like, I don't know what the right word is, but some of her more powerful struggles. She's mm -hmm. definitely never held back with sharing those in her music with her family and with herself, her relationships, everything. So I feel like, yeah, that's been an interesting reveal. And I feel like that made her overdose last year, especially heartbreaking to a lot of her fans because we feel like we know her so well and we know all these things that she's going through. So it's interesting when these kind of things happen, you really realize like, oh yeah, like we did know about, you know, this is real stuff. That's like her real life, not just a song or a single or something like that. Yeah. Do you guys think um, that, that that is partially related to why she is so consistent with her output? And what I mean by that is like her, she doesn't sort of like rebrand or put on a new identity as much as some of the other people we may be talking about. Is that related at all to the consistency, you think, or not really? Maybe just correlated somehow? I mean, yeah, I think if I, I really agree with that, I feel like what you're also saying is there's no like pendulum swinging the way that some of these other artists are doing. She's growing, she's developing, she's changing. You know, she, she's not the same all the time, but it's like a steady growth in a certain trajectory of maturity. Um, that I wonder if that's part of the consistency and part of how, I mean, yeah, like what Miranda, you were saying, I mean, there's, there's no song in the world that's like on, uh, in pop culture so much, like, like the song sober that she put out right as she like descended from w w when she fell from her sobriety. The ones who never left me, we've been down this road before. I'm so sorry. I'm not sober anymore. And then put out a song and then like I think it was like a month later or something like that is when I think the addiction went out of control and that was that was only just over a year ago and she's already like I'm back and ready to make new music um, which I'm happy for her if that's what she needs to be doing and if it's helping her um, but that kind of vulnerability I think is something that she's only able to do because she was put through this machine um, and she like had her values articulated very early on in that machine time like you know the song la la land about how she's not going to fall for everything so she like has these values to hold back to fall back on she just doesn't always she didn't always have the support structures around her to actually like stick to them which i think was really hard yeah i feel like we haven't really talked about this yet either but she the documentary that she released i don't remember if that was before or after sober before it was before right yeah mm -hmm. i feel like that really was uh, also contributed to how jarring that situation was because it did yeah. seem in that documentary like she was on the right path and like yeah. on the way up and everything so it's just interesting again how intertwined like everything is that's so public facing and everything in her personal life is I feel like we just see we feel like we see a lot, but at the same time, we don't really know almost right. anything. So it's kind of crazy. Right. Same with the Jonas Brothers. I mean, we we're just talking about them, but like, yeah. who knows behind closed doors, you know, what's image control and what's, you know. 
Real it's life. almost like these documentaries are like worse in some ways because you feel like you're getting this inside look and then you realize you have like no fucking idea what's going on. Yeah, totally. And as a fan, you're like, oh my God, yes, I want to see more like what's going on. But yeah, it almost makes it more heartbreaking and shocking when it's not yeah. real. Yeah, that's real. Um, should we share what our favorite new songs are of Demi? Because we're so excited. Uh, whatever happens, I, you know, if she's getting the support structures that she needs and if she's feeling good, I'm excited for her to make new music. Um, and I can't wait to hear what it's going to be like. It sounds like she likes it a lot as she's kind of been teasing that she's like really into it. And we should say that she's like in all these, um, she's like acting a lot now, which is kind of cool. And she's also um, really active on Instagram. She's really active on Instagram. She's having a great time. It appears. Yeah. She's um, Mike Johnson from The Bachelor, maybe. Who knows? Oh my god, oh. if they are dating, I'll be so happy. Me too. Also, the body positivity, like we yeah. love yeah. it. We have to stand. Like, yeah, incredible. Absolutely. My I think my favorite song from New Demi era is You Don't Do It For Me Anymore. I just think it's awesome. It's like the best. Sometimes her voice gets like put onto songs that like don't really work for her and like she nails it because she nails everything but it like, doesn't really work you don't do it for me anymore is like a song that was written for demi lovato to nail and she does i love that song yeah that's an amazing song i love it too yeah. um my favorite is stone cold has to be stone oh. cold but again you know i love a sad demi song <laughs> um mostly her performance at the billboard women in music there's a video on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's a live mm-hmm. performance of Stone Cold. It's just incredible. I think that song really shows off her vocal skills, but also I think it just shows how her lyrics and her subject matter has stayed the same for her. I feel like she's she's always sung about the same types of things, no matter like when her genre is shifting. And I think Stone Cold is a good example. It really feels like an old Demi song with like the new, her new genre kind of like layered over it. Love it. Call me basic, but uh, I love Sorry Not Sorry. It's a bop. It's a bop. I love it. It can put me in a mood. I love it. Mine is Hitchhiker, which so good. it's, yeah, it's a deep cut, but um. I think it's really good. I really like it musically. And then I also think it's like kind of vulnerable, but also strong, you know, and also no one should hitchhike. We learned this in the seventies, but we did some of us, um, none of us were alive, but as a nation. So, but it's, but I, I still really like the idea of it. I think it's a nice song. It's good. Yeah. We love you, Demi we will do whatever you want from us as fans. If you want us to leave you alone, we'll leave you alone. I don't really want to leave you alone because I love you, but I'm very happy. Oh, we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> Hannah will do literally anything you ask her to do. Literally anything. You are her favorite person on earth. If people are interested in more Demi Lovato content, the first time Becky and I thought that, hey, we could do a podcast together is when the two of us were guests on a podcast called And Introducing, and we talked about Demi Lovato for a fucking long amount of time. To a long so amount two people who we educated on Demi Lovato. <laughs> I didn't know about it. Um, we'll link that in the show notes because it was a fun episode to do. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's Demi, who we love. And another person we love and also have complicated feelings about is our girl, Miley. 
there's a lot to say about Miley, um, and we will see if we can do it justice. Um, my favorite old song of Miley's is Good and Broken. It it's is, oh, I love that song. I like still listen to it on like, not a regular basis, but not a not regular basis, I'll say. It's really good. Um, my favorite, I had to put a Miley song and I had to put a Hannah Montana song. I'm really yeah, bad at making decisions. I'm sorry, but I had to do it. So my favorite Miley song is Full Circle. Excellent song. One of my faves. Still listen to that very regularly. <laughs> um, Hannah Montana, he could be the one, obviously. Like, name a better upbeat love bop. You can. Yeah. Just kidding. You probably can, but nothing <laughs> compares to he could be the one, you know? So it's the OG. Uh, my favorite, which I, you know, since we're doing the Hannah Montana, I guess, well, my favorite Miley is The Climb. I don't know how this wasn't mentioned. Um, it is the best song and I know R.I.P. Liam, but it's quite an emotional ballad. And I would say listen to the climb probably once or twice a week when you really need a motivation. But, um, my favorite Hannah Montana song is the song that she did crush with, um, David Archuleta, David Archuleta, when he was a guest star on the TV show. Oh yeah. (laughs) She had a crush on him. It's a great song. That was a throwback. Wow. David Archuleta. I don't know where he is today, but who knows where he is. But fun story about the climb. Um, They played the climb at my sister's fifth grade graduation. Oh, man. (laughs) And I'll just say that that was really rude of them because (laughs) all the, like, kids sang it. And it's, like, the saddest song in the world. Like, when it's sung by, like, children who are, like, moving on to middle school. I don't know why. Like... I'm only four years older than my sister, but I was like, this is emotionally traumatizing. And I'm like upset that they chose this song because it means a lot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I would just really. They're not me. ready. Like, yeah. Like the climb. Like, come on. You can't just play the climb. Like that's like sad times, you know, but also happy. It's like. I think it's, a, it's one know. of those songs that's so, that's so emotionally resonant that you want the person who's singing it to be really feeling it. And I'm not saying that none of those fifth graders have been through the climb, but I am saying having it be mandatory for them all to do it together, I'm sure was like a little bit jarring. So it was a lot to process. Yeah. Shout out to the climb though. I think um, listening to that song on a regular basis is emotionally healthy. So um, yeah, mine other than the climb is seven things. I just think it's like such a bop, you know. It's such a like, let's go, get up and go. The Nick J diss track, mm-hmm. really, Truly. really diss. Yeah, so it's good. so good. That's like Taylor Swift level diss track. I'll say it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's so true. Um, I mean, I feel like she's the one who like took all the songs that we just named, even though they were amazing songs, and she's the one who like drew a big X through it in a way that even the other ones who have been like, yes, that was a time in my life that was hard or difficult, or um, I was put through a lot, like whatever. She's the one who's like 
fuck all of that and has followed in the footsteps of like other Disney stars who've been like, I'm going to go in the exact, like the most opposite direction I could ever go. I don't know if that's because it's her personality. I don't know if she felt like she was playing two characters, Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus, like we're both characters. And she was like, I cannot take this anymore, but she's certainly the one who swung the pendulum in the most directions ever since. I feel like yeah. they're kind of back together now, but it's been a whirlwind few years with Miley. Very hard but- to keep up. I also think, like, it was also probably the most shocking for her departure because I think arguably she was the most famous from the di- from yeah. this Disney era that it was, like, the yeah. most shocking when she did a 180. Yeah. Not to bring astrology into this for the first time. Yes. So sorry. Surprised I haven't done it yet. But she is a Sagittarius. Okay. Like Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion and experience, Sagittarius's Sagittarians are big fans of a rebrand so do with it what you will I think it is the Sagittarius way to just throw it all out and start over but that can be problematic as I'm sure we'll get to gotta start all over sometimes you just have to but I think the Hannah Montana double identity thing really did probably contribute to that yeah especially the yeah like the triple identity that she probably had too like her real life her Miley Cyrus persona and her Hannah Montana persona. Probably that was a lot as a young team to deal with. <laughs> wow. I love that. I, I didn't know that fact about Sages and rebranding. It's fabulous. That's so on point. That's so on point for, for some personal Sages I know, and then some professional, some professional. Yeah. I mean, I feel <laughs> some professional Sages I know. <laughs> Um, I feel like she is the one who, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like I'm still on her team, um, but she's the one who definitely has, like, she's, I would say, the most problematic fave of all of these, at least for me personally, um, because she's done, she's done a, some things that have been, like, quite unforgivable um, in terms of just, like, um, using and discarding Black people and Black culture um, and even more recently, um, like using people's art without um, giving credit and like just like she's kind of the person who just honestly fucks up the most um, in terms of like public uh, uh, like ouches, you know, like things that she's like hurting other people. And I, I don't I just haven't seen her like apologize in ways that I feel like um, her brand, which is, you know, to be an activist and to be social socially aware, which I appreciate. I feel like she could surround herself with people who would be like, hey, like it's time to apologize for how you twerked the way that you twerked. And then the way that like two years later you were like, hip hop is a, is a dangerous culture and I hate it. And I don't know what I was doing. And it was a phase, like just that whole thing. I don't know why she's not surrounding herself with people who could be like, hey, you could have handled that a little better. So even though like I'm still on her team, like I hope she's happy and like, all those things. I'm like, she's the one I, I, I need a little more from and if I'm going to like give her all my love. Yeah. I feel like she's politically active in the like larger sense, but not in the internal like yeah. reviewing of herself. It's like, she's not holding herself accountable, but she's like, oh, it's much easier to like do this like pro choice birthday cake. Mm-hmm. What did she do? Like some abortion cake yeah right and that's and she stole that design from from someone yeah so like to take a stance like that than it is to like be like oh perhaps i'm aiding in this culture even if i'm not realizing it which i guess the thing also about taylor swift though you could say maybe now she's awakening maybe yeah 
Totally. I agree. I think she has definitely learned the slowest out of mm. all of the pop stars who have been making these mistakes and correcting them um, slowly. But I think Miley, of, uh, out of all of them, has dismissed a lot of this criticism and, like, just not addressed it and just kind of, like, moved on without saying much of anything. And I don't know if that's because she's not as scrutinized as other people and it's not as much of like a big huge you know attack on her like her brand I guess yeah or whereas with Taylor you know she really gets when she gets criticized she gets it like from everyone all the time until she says something I think um yeah but yeah I don't know about that I think I did read somewhere that she did say that she felt misquoted in that interview but you know I mean, that doesn't excuse the rest of her behavior and the rest of the elements to the story. Um, I think definitely we're overdue for like a Miley statement on this kind of thing. But yeah. and especially now that her music is kind of like swerving back in that direction. I'm not sure. Like, I mean, she just did a track with Sway Lee, who's yep. huge in hip hop, like, you know, and she's always working with Black artists and having them produce her music so I don't know you know it feels a little also I want a little more from her that's that. a good song I like that song party up the street it is good. It's a weird I don't song, yeah I don't know what's also gonna cause her to have this like moment of you would think that her moment of realization like rock bottom would have happened mm-hmm. but I don't think it did she talks about her realizations as if it was just about immaturity yeah like the vmas or something like that the 2013 vmas which is fine and like that's that you know the way that she experienced that was like through processing her immaturity um i just think what i what what exactly what what you're saying is like that what we need is a little bit more of an understanding of like the consequences of who she possibly could have like hurt or damaged through her own immaturity as opposed to just like i've grown a lot as a person and now I've learned these things, like, yeah, but, like, some people were kind of, like, hurt along the way. Maybe you could, like, acknowledge that. Yeah, she, like, doesn't take any ownership in a way that's, like, frustrating. Um, yeah, she's hard to critique because she does do a lot of really good things as well. Like, she does she does do a lot of activism and, like, you. Al- I feel like you always hear about, like, some nice things she's done for people, especially with yeah. the those fires in Malibu, like, she was helping people, like, repair their homes, whatever, like, you know what I mean? I feel like she has good PR, like, and it kind of covers her ass in a way. I don't know how Mm -hmm. long. I mean, like, look, she, she grew up super privileged on TV. She came from a rich family, as is, like, she's never really, I'm sure she's had, like, sometimes that have been tough, but she's never had, like, real, I don't know, I don't want to say that, I don't know her life. I just mean, like, from an outsider, I guess you could tell that she's never, like, I guess she's never had to worry about where her next meal comes from. Like that well, she kind just of certainly isn't the the target of structural oppression. Like yeah. whether and or that not kind of innate sense. worry that like a lot of people have. She never experienced yeah. and never will. I feel like her personas over the years, from like can't be tamed era, and like which by the way should have just told us everything we needed to know about the next ten years of her life. Um, but you know, and then like the the bangers era, and we can't stop, and then like swinging to like the full hippie, you know, Miley Cyrus and her dead pets era, and then fully into younger now and being like, now I'm in my country roots. 
I feel like we're kind of like going back and forth, but in this way that's kind of coming back into the center in some way. I feel like her era now is kind of the best of all of those things. It's like the best of her. The political- best of both worlds. Uh-oh. I, I really... Sorry. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Um, like, I feel like Mother's Daughter music video, like, is a political... The music video is political in the way it, like, talks about bodies and, like, humanity. Um and that's great and like good for her. I feel like like she's starting to come around to be the like the yes, the best of all of her worlds. I like to believe. One thing I'll say about Miley with in regard to her eras is that I do feel like her eras are authentic in the sense that I think she is genuinely the person that she's putting mm. out to the world, maybe mm-hmm. an ex- slightly less exaggerated version, but I do think that when she gets into her eras she really believes it and like means it um whereas with someone comparatively not to drag taylor in but as someone who also is very good at having an era um i think for me taylor's eras feel a little bit more like a public statement like she wants mm-hmm. to be saying like hey this is who i am now and like you know this is how i want to be seen whereas with miley i feel like she's She's not saying that as much, but it comes through more just in her music and her behavior, her social media, whatever it is. She's, she's like living in that more, it feels more authentic. Maybe that's just good branding, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's less of her saying like, hey, this is like who I'm going to be now and more her, yeah. it's more natural transition. It's like ignorance is bliss. Yeah. So what? if we're in this new era, which we hope is authentic to her, and she's clearly, I mean, there's like an era within an era now because the EP came out and now, and then she came out with another song after she announced her uh, separation from her husband. Um, so what are our favorite new, new songs? Um, I, I put um, as my favorite new song, um, Someone Else from Bangers, but I actually think that doesn't count. I think that I should have picked something from Mother's Daughter and I, I'm glad you're my day of Party Up the Street because I like that song a lot. So I'm going to pick Party Up the Street as my favorite new song of Miley's. I put Slide Away um, because I'm <laughs> obsessed with that song. Although now that I'm thinking about it, I might want to add On a Roll by Ashley O to that. <laughs> of course. If that can count. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I think Slide Away is such a like OG Miley kind of song. Like it sounds mm-hmm. like like first album Miley to me yeah it's not like she could have sang like alongside full circle alongside seven things but it's so much different obviously because she's at such a different stage in her life so I just loved that I was like oh my god this is like a Miley song that I like really like feel like is what I was wanting from her but like not getting and I had kind of like settled in the fact that I was like not going to get that kind of sound again and then it just showed up and I was like Wow. You took the words right out of my mouth. I have nothing to say. I, I echo that. <laughs> Becky loves Slide Away. I love Slide Away. It's and so for good. literally exactly what you said, it's a beautiful song. And it also, like, I think it goes back to, like, the private public stuff of pop stars. Like, sure, we know about their breakup. Is she hooking up with Caitlyn? I want to say Caitlyn Brody Jenner, but that's not her name. But you know what I mean? Like, is she with her? Is she not? And Slide Away, like, she released it at a really obviously perfect time. They did that purposely. But it's sort of like, it, it, you're like imagining, you're understanding her breakup too. Yeah. But yeah. It, yeah. Ugh, it's so beautiful. I love Slide Away. 
Yeah. Mine should probably be Party Up the Street, but I said Nothing Breaks Like a Heart, although it's Mark Ronson featuring her. And still good. Fairly new. Um, but I also wanted to say, does everyone here know that On a Roll is Head Like a Hole by Nine Inch Nails, but pop? Only from you. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That? I, I learned this from... Um, my friend from work, who is also like a friend of the pod. So shout out Megan for teaching me that because I did not connect that when I was watching it. And then I felt humiliated. Um, so that's, that's fun. So I like that one too, for that reason. Cause it's like nine inch nails, but pop. It's, it works. Yeah. It does what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, from one Disney queen to another, let's round this out and talk about Selena. Selena, as Nicki Minaj would call her. (laughs) Selena. Um, Uh, Selena. I mean, what, what can we say about Selena? Let's start with our favorite old songs. I think my favorite, um, of her old stuff is A Year Without Rain. I really like that one. I have to go with My Dilemma. I just, what? a bop i like i could still bop to that and i might after we finish this they played it in my bar class yesterday wow because <laughs> they have taste yeah um going go basic with the bop who says Ugh. it's incredible it's good double basic i agree who says who says you can't both pick the same old song because it's so good? Yeah, I love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that's sorry. Just on who says real quick that I feel like that is like one of the first like really positive like anthems that I remember at least coming out of like younger stars. I don't yeah. know if I can think of something that's like a a comp for that like just very uplifting like you're beautiful you're amazing like yes queen like I don't know before all about that bass era yeah yeah which is now very like in it might be ahead of its time I don't know what about beautiful by Christina Aguilera although that's earlier that is the same concept but I feel like the vibe is different it is different the fun vibe yeah it's like the fun my, or who says is like the fun older sister to beautiful mm. you know, maybe mm. the fun younger sister fun younger is, sister beautiful is like wise you know it's been through it mm-hmm. it's tired but beautiful <laughs> tired but hanging on just like maybe that's a cousin or something <laughs> I feel like interestingly about Selena okay here's my hot take let me know if you agree with this or not I think she is the least talented musically of this group. I actually think yeah. she's an incredible actress. I think she should have continued with that. Like she's, I thought she was the best actress at the time. I think she's not the best musically, but, and she's also like in some ways like the least relevant right now, just in terms of like, I we're talking about her less in the pop culture world, but by some accounts, she is by far the most successful if you count like album sales and Instagram followers, there was a time when she was the most followed person on Instagram. And I checked to see if that was still true. It's not true anymore. Now it's Cristiano Ronaldo and then Ariana Grande, but then it's Selena Gomez. She is the number, she's the third most followed person on Instagram. 
I think that's partially because I think that she's the most conventionally beautiful. Yeah, right. One. Right. So like that's people in, enjoy yeah. looking at her more than they enjoy looking at the other people that we've mentioned. Yeah. But like where are her stands, you know? Like Latin I feel America. Like never met a Yeah, Latin like America. Them. Or their bots. She bought all her followers. Rumor. Her no, no, she's Reddit. she has huge international appeal. I know, Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like to put that in perspective, Beyonce's number eight and Taylor's 11 and Selena's three. Like what? That's so weird. Yeah. She's also like not had any huge controversies. Correct me if I'm wrong. That could be a contributor. Just the Justin Bieber of it all. And the kidney. I feel like she kind of came out on that one. (laughs) I should laugh, but it's just the way you said it. (laughs) The kidney. I will say, I mean, another, because we've talked about, you know, the, the, what the Disney channel machine does for people's mental health, her, she has had some serious mental health struggles that she's been a lot less upfront about than Demi has been, which is like totally her prerogative to not be. Um, but she like is currently kind of in the middle of a moment that is not going well for her. Um, she took a break off of social media, um, and it seems like she's back and she says that she's making new music. Um, which I'm happy for her if that's if that's the case, and I hope it's good. Um, she when she works with other artists, she's really good. Like I don't know what a Selena Gomez song sounds like, other than like when she works with Julia Michaels, it sounds like Julia Michaels, and it's great. Um, or when she works like Same Old Love is a Charlie XCX song that she took that she bought from Charlie XCX, and they didn't even get rid of her vocals. Like that's who does the chorus is Charlie XCX, but they didn't even get rid of her vocals on it. Like she's not good enough to hold her own really i like forgot about selena i don't I really care she... about her i think also like she doesn't yeah. she doesn't do it for me like same i'm not interested in what she's doing i don't know why there's nothing i have against her necessarily i'm just like yeah, I think about her, like, yeah okay whatever like selena gomez sure uh, yeah i seem yeah. like she has no personality like yeah. she'd be in a room and she'd just sit silently by herself and like be yeah. on her phone and i'd be like Selena, the sushi's here, and she'd be like, thanks. I think she also has, like, the problem of being compared with Demi and Miley, like, and even Taylor, and the three of them are so much stronger singer-songwriters than Selena is, and I feel like she didn't really carve out her space well in that sense. Like, she doesn't really have, like, a style musically or... Like, she could have gone full, like, you know, raspy singer-songwriter if she wanted to, which would have suited her voice better, but she chose to try to stay in the same space as these, like, big pop singers, and I feel like that didn't help her out. Mm. And I think that was actually probably amplified by her dating Justin Bieber Mm. as he was, like, kind of at his peak, because I think there's a way for, for there to be sort of, like, a a power couple dynamic there absolutely is there have been a lot of those but when they were together it was just like so clear that they were at different levels I think like they were together but like on on some level in terms of pop stardom they were they weren't on the same level and I think I think that was pretty obvious and sort of like shed some light on on her status compared to a lot of the other people we've talked about yeah even when she was dating Nick Jonas, I feel like she was a little bit in the shadow of the Jonas Brothers empire as well. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And she definitely is the most like enigmatic. Like she's just hard to pin down. I I do think it might have to do with the fact that maybe she just doesn't have a personality or maybe she just doesn't show it to us. Um, I know she's mean. I'm I'm sorry. I I mean, yeah, I I totally, I'm like, I don't know. She's very religious. Yeah. Um, Which probably adds to her broad appeal, by the way, to all of her followers. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So maybe not to us, but to majority of people, they probably see that very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I liked Revival, her last album. It's good songs. It's just nothing stands out and her voice isn't that interesting. So, but like her next album, I will listen to it. Like I'm excited for it. I feel like maybe her problem is that her PR team is like too good. Like, and (laughs) like we never hear anything about her. Like, I feel like because Justin is so religious now as well, maybe he always has been, I don't know, but now especially he's very outwardly religious and I feel like I'm so much more interested in what he's doing, even though he's a bit of a mess, but then Selena, I feel like, you know, but I feel like it's because I feel like I know more about Justin Bieber, his journey, his life, what he's been through. And I feel like with Selena, we don't know much about her at all like and she's been famous for so long mm-hmm. yeah you asked me for my favorite new song and I was like I don't even think I have one because I don't even think I could pinpoint a new song I will say if if bad liar and fetish which were two singles that didn't get put on an album I think that that was my guess this is like total irresponsible speculation is like that was supposed to be an album rollout era and it got fucked up when she, like, I don't think she could handle it. I think she was not doing well, like, mental health-wise. I think if that had been a more cohesive era that was more than just those two songs and, like, um, more than just being, like, featured on a Zed song or, like, on a song here and there, I think we would understand what she has been through in the last few years more. But she had to prioritize, first, I said mental health, but also her physical health. I mean... She's like an incredibly chronically sick person. And when you read the accounts of what she's been through just physically, as someone who has like the tiniest bit of like chronic health issues that just like really kind of messes me up. And I have like no public, the public is not expecting anything from me. Um, I I can understand why she would want to take a back seat. And yet it is this interesting dynamic where she has taken a back seat and still she's like incredibly famous but we haven't heard anything from her but it's like a yeah she fits a really weird box like she doesn't fit into a box is what i'm saying does she have lupus or was that a rumor yeah i think she does yeah that's horrible i think it's possible it's possible too that she's like doesn't really want to be in the public eye like you know it's possible that she's choosing like not only because she has to but maybe she's just like over it you know like yeah. maybe she's like over it, doesn't want to make more music, doesn't want to put out an album, wants to focus on her life, her family, her home, you know, which I feel like is the vibe that I've sort of gotten. And I feel like that's interesting too, because I feel like there is an expectation that when you are famous, when you're younger, that you have to like keep having a career. And it's possible that she just like, maybe yeah. she's like, is, you know, happy where she is and doesn't really feel the need to keep. I mean, Right. Uh, there was um, an uh, an interview that was in Elle magazine with her that when it came out, she was really upset about. Do you guys remember this? This was like probably like, I don't know. I'm going to say nine months ago, but I don't actually remember. Maybe it's more than that. Um, and 
she was like this, she felt really taken advantage of. She was really upset. She's like, I'm never doing an interview again. And like, I read it a bunch of times and it just like, didn't seem that bad, but it was definitely, and then like very soon after that, she like deleted her social media. And um, it was like said by who knows if this was a rumor or not, that like she was like checked into a rehab facility and like, you know, the person, Francie, what's her name? Francia, I think the person who gave her her kidney is like mad at Selena because apparently she's like, using drugs and alcohol, which is, like, not nice to her new kidney, and, like, Francis upset. You know, there's all these, like, rumors and speculation, but, yeah, it seems like whether or not she wants to be in the public eye, she doesn't like the way that the public is eyeing her. Like, she doesn't like the interviews, she doesn't like social media, um, and she, she, could, she might be over it, and I don't blame her. So if those are some of our thoughts about where she is right now, and I do think there's new music coming, but what are some of our favorite songs? Becky can't name one. Um, and I had a hard time, too. I mean, I think if, yeah, if I, had to, if I had to pick my favorite of her like newer songs, I do like some of her songs from Revival in that era, but I liked Bad Liar, um, which, of course, uh, you know, samples um, the bass line from Psycho Killer, right? I think that's what it is. Um, and is, is a, I like that song. I don't know if it's like, a, it doesn't feel like a Selena Gomez song, but if I had to pick one, that's my favorite. Yeah, I also loved Bad Liar. I thought it was really good. I thought it had big like Haim energy, which I yes. think was like a good vibe for her. And she was kind of leaning into that like 70s look. Yeah. I don't know, but I thought that worked for her really well. Um, I chose Back to You, which mm. is from 13 Reasons Why soundtrack. But I really Jeez. liked that song. I thought it was like a good, fun pop song and it was especially heartbreaking to me personally even though I don't super like care about Selena Gomez but that song came out very shortly after Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin got married or oh were God. engaged or something and it was like the song seemed like this big love letter to Justin like I'll like come back to you and then that happened and I was like oh that hurts wow but I liked that one yeah it's a good one Aw. Mine was I Want You to Know, which is technically a Zed song featuring Selena. But I liked it. And it's from 2015, so it's a little old now. But, uh, you know, it's a pretty good one. It's a bop. And it is from that era where it was like, oh, like, if we bring all these songs together and add a few more, like, this, <laughs> could, this could be a full era. And for probably a lot of good reasons, it wasn't. But, um, I, I remember it from them being like, this one's, this one's a jam. Yeah. I was going to say that, that I, we didn't mention that she did produce part of 13 Reasons Why. Right? Yes. So she's been busy despite that show getting yes. horrible reception, I believe, on the second season. Uh, she has been busy. Yeah. I think also to that note, like she is very popular in like the EDM like club scene. Like she makes a lot of like big EDM-y like tracks. And I feel like I don't care about those personally, so that's why I'm writing her off. But I right. think that in those circles, she is still, like, very big. Yeah, It Ain't Me, I Want You to Know. Like, I feel like there's even more than Wolves. that. Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I like It Ain't Me. Yeah. Selena, you're an enigma to us. I don't know who you are. But maybe the moral of the story is that even the ones that we think we know, we don't actually know because Disney is a wild machine. And even if you get out of it and are sent on 10 years down the line, we still will never fully under understand the ramifications that, that the Disney Channel and Hollywood Records had on all of these people who have come to be so important to us over the last few years. 
decades now. <laughs> They're hidden in plain sight, you know. They really are. Waiting for, um, wait for the tell-all. Oh, please. I'm here Ready. for it. But we I won't even 20 trust years. it. This is the thing. Like, I don't know when I'll trust it, you know? Those Disney NDAs are probably pretty strong. Oh, that's true. But okay, maybe in like 20 years, it. you know, we can be on the lookout. Once I'll be right fires, here. I'm ready. I'll be right here. I love it. So from the Jonas Brothers to Demi to Miley to Selena, um, we support these people. We're concerned about these people. We're curious about what's next. Um, but what we know is that they are here to stay. And that, that's our show, everybody. That's it. That's the B-sides. Um, and we're really excited to have gone through all of this with Miranda. Um, usually at this point in our show, we turn to you all um, for a segment that we usually call the U-sides, which is for some listener mail and listener feedback. But we thought because this is already such a robust conversation with another person, we're, we're going to skip the U-sides today. But um, come back for our next episode for another segment of the U-sides. Um, so Miranda... How, remind us how people can find you. They want sure. more of you. Yes, you can find me everywhere on Instagram at Miranda Fenn. If you are into astrology, you can follow my meme account. That's at Miranda's Meme Cult. It is a cult, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And on Twitter at Lil Brand Stark, which might need updating now that the Game of Thrones era is done, you know? That mm -hmm. might be a little outdated, but it's fine. I love it. That's awesome. Um, so for all of you who are new to our B-Sides community, we'd love to talk with you. So we're on Instagram at listen to the B-Sides. We're on Twitter at the B-Sides pod and definitely join our Facebook group by searching the B-Sides or you can go to a short link, um, bit.ly slash B-Sides FB group. Um, mm -hmm. But definitely we want you to subscribe. We come out um, every other Wednesday. Um, so we are going to see you in two Wednesdays. And until the next time we cut to the feeling, I'm Hannah Zoe. I'm Miranda. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm Becky. I'm Amy. Bye, everybody. Bye.